Ladles and Jelly Spoons. Welcome to Truth, Love, and Peace. Mark LaBorge. Mark LaBarge is joining us. I got a buddy named LaBorge, and I knew I was going to do this all day long. I've been thinking about it. And I'm like, don't fuck up LaBorge and LaBarge. Don't fuck it up. And there it was. Overthink it. I did. There I is. did. So thanks for joining us. Here comes the Facebook Live. Three, two, one, blah, 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 blah. Ladles and Jelly Spoons again. Thanks for joining us. Facebook Live. Happy to have you. And all that's recording. Yada, yada, yada. Up in the 10 seconds. Cool. So, Mark, thanks for being here, man. Or thanks for sitting down with me. My pleasure. Hell yeah, man. So, uh, so Truth, Love, and Peace, that's the name of the show. It's um, just a really good excuse to have conversations like this. Just to catch people up. We were talking about um, your uh, career as an air traffic controller. Yes. So, that's a good place for us to, to backtrack to for a minute. So, um, so... How long have you been helping pilots not die? Oh, let's see. About 18 years now. Goodness, 18 years. Yep. And when and where did you start doing that? I mean, I started doing how, it go ahead. with the Air Force. And uh, That's what I was getting at. First base, you know, actually really doing it outside of training. Egg one Air Force Base over in Florida, right there in Fort Walton Beach. You know. 19 years old, showing up to the beach. Not a bad gig. No, not at all. Not at all. 19, at the beach. And, uh, yeah, that's definitely a good gig. 19, and what? what's it like being an air traffic controller at, at 19? I mean, for... I don't know if you want to talk about the movie or not, but I'll, I'll make stupid movie <laughs> references all day long because Pushing Tin yeah. and Billy Bob Thornton is one of my favorites. So this is that's what I know about air traffic that, uh, controlling. That's it. That's the extent. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit hyperbolic, you know. Yeah, it's kind of like someone's personality on stage. You take mm -hmm. your personality and you make it. Look. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what that movie was. Mm -hmm. They hit home on a few aspects, but what they get right, like the personality type. Like, most of us are type A personality. Like, mm -hmm. Men, women, doesn't matter. All of us, person, you know, just balls to the wall personality. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, him getting in the wake turbulence and getting thrown around. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's stupid. No one would do it. But if anyone wouldn't do it, it'd probably be a controller. <laughs> I kind of was curious. I was, okay, so I'd be the kind I've of I've almost guy seen some it. controllers go toe-to-toe. Right there in the room where they were, we call it the IFR room where they're working traffic, uh -huh. you know, with the screens and everything. And it can get heated sometimes. You see some people throughout, you know, 18 years, a couple times, never went toe to toe, but you see it developing. Now, how does that come about? Because obviously there's a lot at risk when you're dealing with other people's lives. So it's, it's like fight or flight at 10. Like when but, it's but how does it come to heads in, in the in the radar room? That's what I'm curious about. Like, why would you get mad at the guy next to you? That's what you I'm can really, from almost any position in a in the place, mm -hmm. mess up someone else from that position by doing the wrong thing or putting a plane because the planes don't just fly themselves where they want. Right. When they come through. We give them vectors and altitudes to mm -hmm. keep them separated and bring them in to where they need to go. And you can set people up. What we call a deal. Next thing you know, they got planes coming right at some planes they have already, or two of their planes are coming at you, and they hand them off. Hey, you're the next person to work them, but by the time they get into your airspace, now you have an issue with these two planes colliding. So you got to fix it. Mm. Okay, so, so it's an issue of we don't have time to work this out. Everything, boom, 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 boom. 
So when the brain is cranked up that high, and you just did something that's gonna mess up that, which your mind automatically goes into, well, if this messes up bad, yeah. I can get in trouble, people can die, this whole thing. So your you know, instinct, yeah. your first response is backlash. Mm, yeah, so I can get mad that. really, really easy, really fast. Yeah, if you have to, the, the visual that I have in my head is like a, a game of chess, you know, a, a team playing a game of chess. And if you have to follow somebody else's move, and it was like, a dumb move, yeah. Why in the world? Yeah, pretty much like that. Yeah, so right. everybody's on the same team, but if somebody's not hitting on all cylinders, yeah, you're fucked. Yeah, that and makes most sense. of the time, you know, mm. it's fine. And you can work that out. Mm. But there's times where it just gets really, really busy, where you don't have time to think. It's just move out the way. Let me do what I gotta do. Go, go, go. Yeah, it's fun. Stressful is what it sounds like to me, man. Better you than me. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be over it. Like, why haven't we figured out a way to automate this? We're out. <laughs> yeah, they, they have, and they're working on it. What does that look like? That's that's artificial intelligence. That's up my alley. Algorithms and whatnot. Yeah, I don't know how close to AI it is, but they do have. Uh, it's called first gen, What's and this? it's got to be in the higher flight levels. Mm-hmm. Like but, altitudes or yeah, yeah. When when you you get up to 18,000 feet, that's where flight levels start. Okay. So when you get up high, you know, 300, say, you know, 30,000 feet, mm -hmm. that's where all the big planes are doing, just going across and hitting these points. Mm -hmm. Then you drop below to like where we work, then we take those planes and then we're like constantly turn here, turn here, descend, climb this and that. Where when they're up high, it's, you know, if there's an issue out here, it's hundreds of miles away, you can turn this dude two degrees and by the time they come across, they're going to be separated. So uh, up in the high altitudes, that's where it's going to work. I see. Because they can control that easier. Mm -hmm. But when you get down low, I don't know if it comes to a point where you can make that work. Because that humor, not humor, that human, mm -hmm. just knowing like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And that, uh, that will take a true artificial intelligence to be able to master that part of it. Yeah, I remember, I remember seeing something about on an aircraft they have... And they've tried to digitize them and make it this digital board that is the deck and all the planes on board. Mm -hmm. But they still use nuts and bolts, literally washers and shit on a table because that's the best way to keep track of all of it. It's that crazy. And those are yeah. just the planes on the deck, not even the ones in the yeah. air. So it's usually a mix between that and then the older guys, which mm -hmm. are the ones still in charge, that can't quite wrap their head around the newer tech. So they try and pose their older ways for as long as they can until the newer guard outweighs them. We just haven't found a good enough dog treat yet mm -hmm. to catch everybody up to the digital revolution. Yeah. It's like the old, they have new equipment that we use that started getting implemented right around the time I joined the Air Force. Yeah. And like our keyboards are QWERTY keyboards. Mm -hmm. Old FA and DOD keyboards are ABC keyboards. So it's like four lines of alphabet just a b c d and you'd have to you'd be amazed at how hard it is to find a letter when it's in sequence of the alphabet that you know oh i wouldn't be surprised at all so, i'm so used to doing this yeah so when they brought in this this new equipment with qwerty keyboards fast everything yeah they had to make two versions of it that one and then one that's got the abc keyboard mm -hmm. and it looks all clunky like a toy and knobs on the scope where 
like the ones we have, is clean. Everything's on the keyboard. Mm-hmm. Because the old guys, the old guard that still ran everything was like, we like our knobs. We like the ABC keyboard. That's what we're used to. We don't want to change. Crazy. So Crazy. That's, that's what anything, any technology, unless it's something so overpowering, like when internet and computers came about. Yeah, old habits die hard, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but there's... I guess there's something to be said for once you've learned once you've learned a system that well it's really difficult to change systems but I don't know I mean well something that large too like when you're talking on a government scale you know you're trying to does that make it complicated change the course of a ship yeah you know? when it's on a smaller scale it's like turning the car when it's something that big it's like turning the Battleship, you know, it's gonna take a lot of pieces yeah. to move it, and when most of those pieces belong to the older guard, it's a slow turn. Yeah, and that's something I find problematic about our culture right now is that um, we we are playing at an archaic speed compared to where our technology is wanting oh, to be. Definitely, you know? definitely, and it it really I won't say it frustrates me, but it's. It's laughable that so many of the things that if we plugged the right pieces of technology into could be so much smoother. Just so or much smoother. Plug the right people into. Because, you know, we got to build this technological world that we're in. We have to build it with the government. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So when you have a system like, you know, I've worked for the government 18 years. I've seen early 19, you know, or like 1999 technology computers mm-hmm. all the way to now. I've seen how they've been implemented through the government versus an outside mm-hmm. and how their websites are versus ours. Government websites go down left and right. Yeah. You know what websites don't go down? Porn websites don't go down. Ever. Ever. They don't hire those people because one thing about people that are, you know, good programmers and ones that can truly keep your information safe they don't like to play by the same rules as the government, you know? Like, yeah. if you can hire these people and be like, you can be your normal self, as long as you don't do any real deviant type stuff, just be your normal self, like a normal employee, we'll hire you. Like, the FBI thought about suspending the drug testing so that they can catch up with the tech-savvy people, because mm-hmm. they know that a lot of the tech-savvy people like their weed. Yeah. So they thought about suspending it after... Sometime they came to the conclusion like no with the FBI we can't do it. Well, you're gonna to continue to fall behind. Yeah. You think Russia puts that stipulation on their hackers? No. You know what I'm saying? Surely not. Well and now there's I've I've heard somewhere that uh, Google employees and programmers are, are microdosing L S D and different LSD, psilocybin, um they medafinil. What's that? I'm not familiar about, with that one. You're not hmm. It's um uh, because a drug, if it's in this country and it's a drug, it has to have a purpose. Mm-hmm. So modafinil's purpose is for narcolepsy. Okay. Keep you awake. Mm-hmm. And basically, they say it's almost like Adderall, but it's not a speed. They don't know how it works on the mind, but it wakes you up. And apparently, programmers in Silicon Valley pop them like M&Ms. And it keeps, it keeps their mind sharp and running like they've been awake. Like, I'm trying. I'm just running through the list of possibilities. Uh, I can think of a few things that would that could get that done. 
Uh, there's certain mushrooms that could could have effects like that. You know, there's a lot of mushrooms. Uh, psilocybin is is a sharpens your visual acuity. So there's a little bit of that in there. And so also, I, it doesn't surprise me that there's one of those out there. And, and it also enhances, you know, things like your creativity. It speeds up your neurons. Mm -hmm. Your neural network fires faster. Yeah. Like I got, I got pretty big study. I got my, my bachelor's degrees in psychology. Cool. So within that, I kind of went on that little trip on, because now you know they're using it for PTSD. So oh yeah, yeah, stuff. yeah. They're using the maps. Shit, they're even using stuff like ketamine. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. And uh, yeah, I was yeah, listening. Very interesting. I was listening to a guy today. Uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, I've only heard him speak a couple of times, but he's he's taking psilocybin in the range of 30 grams at a time, right? 30 grams, which is amazing. But when you talk that's about well over Terrence McKenna's fucking oh yeah, heroic dose. Yeah, that puts that that wow. stuff to shame. But it brings credence to guy like uh, a guy like Paul Stamets story, where he ended up doing like 20 grams of a tree one time, the first time he did psilocybin. Uh, not knowing, um, and it, <laughs> one of the things that he said was that psilocybin is like a Coca-Cola mushrooms and psychedelics because it's so easy to get and oh, okay. it's so you know it's so kid level and that you can't OD on it. Like the likelihood that you're going to eat enough to hurt yourself uh, physically, is pretty pretty small. Uh, but how that ties into what's going on with these programmers and these people being able to think on levels and pull things off from a programming standpoint that uh, that we just haven't haven't seen before and what's crazy is without any intervention they're already performing at levels we've never seen mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. like Isaac Newtons and stuff and Einstein's were a small group and now because of computers yeah the ones that never got noticed before are now getting noticed. They find in a place. Yeah. Because there's nothing worse than a genius that's left out to the woods. Yeah, it doesn't do Never good. discovers that they are a genius. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Now with the computers and the tech world, you're seeing that, that change. Like Elon Musk, we know about him because of the tech world. Love that guy. <laughs> yeah. Like he's, he is changing the game. You read his book? Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I've well, skimmed through it. I don't ever actually read anything. My attention yeah. span doesn't last that long. <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing. Like yeah. things he's done. Oh yeah, man. I, I keep up with a lot of a lot of his work, and um, I call him Elon Stark. The only thing he's missing is the Iron Man suit. Apparently, he has an eidetic memory yeah, to the doubt. point that he remembers everything he's ever read. Like when he designs the rockets, mm -hmm. and they got to do some math, he doesn't. It's all they say. He does it all in his head, and it's pissing out. Yeah, I believe that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> the dude said, I want to go to space. Russia's being a pain in the ass. Me getting these rockets. Let me read some books and make one. And he made one and went to space for a mm -hmm. tenth of any country. Yeah. yeah. And now he's digging tunnels. Word. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Just because. Just because. And he's like, oh, my idea. Here you go. You can have it. Well, and there are people that, uh, that say that, and this gets back to the programming like we were talking about, that... Um, that he may be responsible for Bitcoin, and uh, if not solely, part of part of this group that of people that is looking to change the face of what the internet is through this blockchain technology, mm -hmm. which gets back to the problem that governments are having with not being able to keep up with the hackers. 
is because the hackers operate in the world that the internet was always meant to be, which was anonymous. It never had identity. And so that's the, what the government wants now is to be able to trace all these people and keep tabs on them so they can keep their leverage on them. Yeah. But it's one of the reasons that they'll always be so far behind is because they can't keep up with, with the things like Bitcoin and, and blockchain, which, I mean, the hackers in the upper echelons right now have to be looking at Bitcoin going, this is what I think it is. I think Bitcoin is, and blockchain tech security is cryptocurrency is basically artificial intelligence developing its own immune system and figuring out a way to protect itself from the inside out. Which, if you're gonna if you're gonna have to defend yourself against every possible virus out there, then you're gonna mine every possible solution to to resolve that. That's exactly what an immune system is. So, it's possible that what high level hackers are doing right now. Uh, is so far beyond um, what Google is is working on with its AI bots. It just kind of it blows my mind, and I'm not even a computer guy. The problem when you get systems built that are so big like Google is for a certain amount of time you're going to fool the biggest and brightest. You're going to get those. But when you get so big, where you stop innovating and you start buying. You've seen the first blunder at Google when they bought it. You remember that, that camera that you can flip the little the little lens and shit? There's a little, little flip. I don't remember that one. A little small camcorder flip thing. And this is like, I don't know, a little over 10 years ago. Okay. I forget the exact. But they bought it for like X, you know, $100 million, billion, whatever. Some ridiculous number. Ugh. One of those when they started, you know, companies start buying shit for big numbers. And they bought this and then it flopped. Oops. When you go from innovation to just buying other people's innovation, you start failing. Yeah. That's why, like, right now, Elon Musk, he pulls the biggest and brightest. He goes to these schools, and he's like, hey, come work for me. You're not going to make a shit ton of money. You're not going to get much gratitude, and you're going to work your ass off. But we're going to change the world. Yeah, fuck that, man. We'll make that's, that that's appealing to someone, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of, very a lot of scientists... You know, they don't, they're not in it for the money. They mm -hmm. want to change the world. Sometimes, like we know, most money is a side effect. Yeah. It comes because he wants to change it. Mm -hmm. You know, Tesla and SpaceX have been on the verge of bankruptcy almost since they started. Because mm -hmm. he puts everything back in it. He pushes it to the fucking envelope mm -hmm. every time. He's but not worried about the next stuff. quarter and the next quarter. Like, there's a point of fucking diminishing returns for everything. Yeah. And those guys are crushing it too, man. Like, uh, if you look at, I don't know how into Tesla's self-driving capabilities, uh, the autopilot functions mm -hmm. that they have. They're te Musk is trying to transition to uh, an all-video uh, system. He says he so you can like turn your screen completely off, have it blacked out, and then bring up a video of like your surroundings. No, the, so the autopilot will work instead of on radar and sonar and oh, all those other cameras. things, purely on visual, purely gotcha. on cameras. Uh, he said because that's the last great hurdle in solving uh, autopilot is in incorporating optics, and if you can't incorporate optics, then you haven't solved the problem, and if you've solved the problem, then it takes care of the whole problem. So like squares a Ramos thing. But uh, he was saying that they'd be able to go unassisted on optics alone from coast to coast, which is... Oh, like, do you know how many people kill other people in cars every year? 
Like, this is going to be huge. I can't wait. But that's the kind of thing that he, they throw out standards like that, and that because they push so hard. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that that's how they get there is by pushing hard. People but I love that dude. Worry about, like, He's awesome. Like the Google car. It may yeah. have, I remember reading, yeah, it was probably like two years ago or something, but it had made like so many hundred thousand miles. Uh-huh. And it had two or three wrecks, but all of them were caused by human. Yeah. <laughs> because like, humans suck. The, yeah. the statistics bear out that the yeah. autopilots so far are crushing safety numbers Got from people. Yeah. They can't be distracted. No. They're so much better than us. Like we're doing, to the tune of 98%, I think. Go down your stand and go Highway 98, 55 miles an hour. You know what separates you from death? About four feet. A sneeze. Not even four feet. (laughs) Someone sneezes, someone picks up their phone. Like, and most of the people driving, I wouldn't trust to hold my dog so I can run the convenience store for two minutes. Yeah, no. And we trust putting our loved ones in these steel cages and going out and doing breakneck speeds. It's it's unbelievable how how comfortable some people are with. uh, other people's craziness because you I think that all be, the time you'll go crazy yeah oh man like uh, everything just, all of it's crazy but if you if you always you know like we get deep into stuff but if you always walk around with it right there on the forefront of your mind you mm-hmm. go crazy uh, yeah I do that or you I just gotta that. accept that you're part of this craziness like you know that person when you're in traffic you're like god damn traffic why am I stuck in traffic you're traffic too yeah. you're part of the problem too but when you're in that situation, everyone else is, and that's how you protect yourself from the crazy is by being like, they're all crazy, not me. Right? We go with the flow. But we're all fucking crazy. Yeah. We are. We are, and it's terrifying. Some people are crazier than others, though. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, it's terrifying. It's just absolutely terrifying that, that cars are a thing, man. That's the death machines, and we're cruising down the road like 70 miles an hour, and I was, I lived in Ohio for a while. I don't know if you've ever lived somewhere where there, where it snows a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colorado, Germany. I mean, there you go. Yeah. So, yeah, like when. And this what, 75 up there? Yeah. When things go wrong at 75 miles an hour and you, there is no traction, <laughs> what are you, winging a prayer, man? Thoughts and prayers. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> like Germany is Autobahn and stuff. Yeah, but here's we, the difference in Germany. driving and then we fell behind on being good drivers. There you go. The good driver part, man. The their credentials to drive on the Autobahn yeah. are no joke. I, you, you, you what'd you have to do? Like I've never been. What's it like? Like what no, do you what kind was, of hoops? Yeah, I was nine and ten when I lived there. Oh, so you didn't get so I know it from it. seeing it, not actually driving it, you yeah. know. But I know like my sister was maybe seventeen when we lived there, something like that. Sixteen, uh-huh. seventeen. Around that age you can start like taking driver's ed over there, but you I don't think you can get your license until you're like eighteen. You lose nice. like a drop of a dime. And when the light turns green, it's not one car, two cars. Everyone moves at the same time. Oh, that's so wish. how it should be. Uh, why can't we do you that? You can tell the why car in is moving, so you can start applying pressure on your pedal, too. I don't... Mm, you try to, you try to turn left at that red light, and you see the first car, and then you're like, I could fit a car there, 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 there. Oh, there's the second car. Yeah, and then by the time you get that two, that one or two car space, the sensors get all messed up, and so you ruin the whole rhythm of the, of the light. It's a domino effect, man. Mm-hmm. Stupid people. Stupid people. Or distracted people, uh, however you want to look at it. Well, stupid is subjective. Yeah. 
distracted uh, is more apt with the world we live in. Like back in the day, would you have to worry about flipping your eight track? Yeah, nothing, right? <laughs> yeah. Now it's everything. Like I hate texting and driving. I try not to do it, but I still yeah. do it. Yep. Phones are getting better though, man. That's one of the good things about uh, about the technology is they're getting safer. I think we're real close to just starting to put shit in us. Oh uh, yeah. I, I think it's coming. The con- I can't wait to get some contact lenses. You read ever read Kurt, uh, Ray Kurzweil or? Oh, I love Kurzweil. Yeah. What uh, what'd you get hold of recently? I hadn't watched him or anything. I started reading the uh, Singularity a while back, mm-hmm. but I jumped with books. If it's a real thick book, yeah, I'm gonna jump to other mm-hmm. books and come yeah. back, because yeah. I got I'm a I'm a completionist. I got to read the whole thing. I don't have to read it all today, but at some point I got to read it all. Yeah, I got Da Vinci Syndrome, man. I'm like, oh, okay, I get that. On to the next thing. Oh, I get that. On to the next thing. Uh, I just I don't know. I like you know the devils and the details. I like mm-hmm. the fine points. So mm-hmm. I don't like to miss anything. I love Kurzweil's uh, singularity work, though. I was a little disappointed when I found out he pushed the the time frame back to 2045 because oh, really? I think that's not a huge because it was what 2039 before no, it was 34 when it first came 34? out yeah it was like it's, it's pushed it back about yeah. 10 years he, he's not is, a psychic he's a futurist based right. on text so you gotta give him a little well I just disagree that I think we're gonna get there faster and I think that one of the things Kurzweil didn't take into consideration is how fast AI is gonna be able to program itself I don't think he took into consideration biological computing. That's a possibility. They've already learned how to store basic information yeah. in a strand of DNA. Yeah. And like, use to and use like nervous tissue mics or something mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. and like, use neurons for networking. Yeah. Powering an LED using cells, using life as a battery. Mm-hmm. Like that's the paradigm shift where tubes went to transistors. Mm-hmm. Like this is the next paradigm shift is using biology. And once they learn how to make and use different biologies to run this system or power this, it's only a matter of time before they're like, Hey, the way we're powering this light, we have all that in us. Mm-hmm. The way we're storing this information, we have that. How do we translate it? How do we pull it out and put it up here? You know? Yeah. What what what's our USB connector? For us, gonna look like for trans, you know, that's. that's there was a, a book written by the same guy who did Fight Club called uh, Rant, the oral biography of Buster Casey. Uh, what's the guy's name? I can't think of it. <clears throat> he wrote Fight Club. His name is. People are gonna be so mad at me, Chuck Palahniuk. Uh And he said that it's kind of like a matrix, uh, just right into the base of your skull. Plug that shit straight in. Except instead of being in a chair and the whole nine yards, it'd just be like an eighth inch, you know, one of these. Just, yeah. Plug that right in. Floop. I think it's going to be not noticeable. I think it's going to be an ejection. Mm-hmm. Some type of nanites. Wi-Fi. And, yeah, the cloud, like, right now, our phones, people don't think of it like that. You know. It's true. They we're, don't. We're cyborgs. Mm-hmm. Our, the first time someone put glasses, reading glasses on, you now are using something other than you. Automated reality. <laughs> so our phones are an extension of our memory, an extension of our brain. Uh-huh. Only thing is, we're at a point now with them where, and I heard it, I forget who said it, I want to say it was on Bill Maher's show, that people are just smart enough to be scary right now. Because they're just smart enough to think they know the shit they don't really know. 
because we get a false sense of superiority with the tech that's in our pockets. Yeah, because of our little security yeah. blanket. But most people, if you if you don't, you didn't go to school and not just didn't go to school, but didn't learn well, you don't know how to properly vet a study. You right? spot all these studies. You don't know what the P factor was in that study. You don't know all the ins and outs of it. You can take two people that are amazing at what they do and do the same study and the results are vastly different because they changed up one little thing. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know how to bet through all that, all you're doing is regurgitating. And regurgitating doesn't make you smart. Right. Well, before I do that. You need to yeah, for some, yeah, for some reason, uh, the camera enjoys it when, um, or for, for purposes of the, the fan and the, the heat sensors and everything, it automatically shuts off the recording at 30 minutes mm. for some weird reason. So I, I reset it just to do that. Oh. Uh, it doesn't affect the live stream or anything, and it doesn't affect the, the MP3, which that's one of the... If, in case anybody's wondering, one of the mysteries break down the fourth wall. If you ever, if there's ever something missing in one of the videos, it's always going to be on the podcast, the downloadable version, because this is the the root of everything. So it's always there. But you were talking about uh, education and how um, interpreting information, because I think it's we we evolved to learn how to interpret communication from body language and paralanguage and words mm -hmm. you know which we a lot not a lot of people know the way that that balances out which is not is not commonsensical uh, for for a lot of people but there are things that people come to in different times and ways and uh, I forget I had an idea on how I was going to tie that back in but how do you see people Evolving to process information uh, in the in the tech age versus all that time we spent learning how to interpret body language and everything. It is going to have to go some kind of you know adaptation to our own bodies to work. See, everyone worries about AI. Yeah. About AI. I don't. I'm not smart enough to be in that realm to really have a true voice. But my own opinion is. We are way too egotistical of a species to give away that much power to a non-entity. We're going to find some way to make that AI part of us. Yeah. Integrate yeah. it into us, who we are. Mm -hmm. Where it's not going to be some Skynet controlling everything. It's going to be us. Yeah. We're going to take our intelligence to the stratosphere. Yeah. And that's the only way it's going to work because so many people think of it like school. You take algebra, and you pass with, let's say, an 88, B, respectable. Mm -hmm. You got 12 points of information, at least on that test, which is supposed to be like a random draw from whatever you learned at that time. You're missing that. You go into algebra two. Now you're, you're going to algebra two with a deficit. Right. Whatever that one is, you add that, you go into the next level of math, bigger deficit. So the further up you go, you're going to drop further and further because you're missing information. That's what's going on as I see with tech. People are not, like I expected the newer generation, I got a lot of friends that are in their mid-twenties, and I expect that generation to be like on fucking point. Most of them I know, I know more 
about how to get through in and out of computer, how to get in and out of the dark web, how to navigate all kinds of stuff than they do. Because for me, it was an interest. I was 14 mm-hmm. when we got the internet, you know? And I'm like, oh, I'm learning this stuff. And for them, they just, they're born with it, it's here. So it's right. just another thing. Like, we take cars for granted. They take that for granted. Mm-hmm. And it's not on them, it's just nature, mm-hmm. you know? It's not intriguing like it was for me growing up. So it's going to have to be some kind of adaptation or everyone's going to end up being drones that are slaves to a small few, even worse than it already is. Mm. Because scientists are going to find a way to make this integrated. And as long as the right scientists find that way, everyone's going to get it cheap. You go to a third world country where they can barely afford food, they got a cell phone or two. Yeah. At one point, you had to be rich to have a phone. Mm. And the phone was free. Mm. You know? But, but no. if you weren't rich, you didn't have one. Mm-hmm. That's what is going to have to be that when that shift happens, it happens for the masses and mm-hmm. on a such a cheap level that everyone can get it. Yeah. Otherwise, it's going to be it's going to turn dystopic. Yeah. It's, it's my cynical side. You know? No, I don't. I don't think that that is cynical at all. I think that is a, a real concern because when you look at. Uh, when you look at inequality and um, problems with access to everything, not just the the cloud, but the hardware to get into it, um, that there there's still places. I agree with you. It's becoming so much easier, and there are cell phones everywhere now. Where once upon a time nobody had them, but there's still places that are dark. You know, there's still places that don't have that. Uh, and I think that we're definitely going to keep going. To, very few. Right, and they're going to yeah. be less and less, yeah. for sure. Uh, so we're definitely headed in that direction. And, and there are still tribes that haven't been touched by man. Thank God. Thank God. They try and shoot at helicopters with bows and arrows, but yeah, that's cute. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you're always going to find pockets, but... Well, and that ties into some fun history stuff um, on how there, that may have always been the case... And this may just be, uh, you know, we look at the ages as the Bronze Age and the Iron Age and all that mm-hmm. good stuff. But on a bigger scale, maybe the ages could be better categorized by the types of energy we consume. Like this would be a, a fossil fuel age or an explosion age versus an implosion age is one way the, the Egyptians talked about it. But, <clears throat> but it fascinates me how we are at a point where guys like Kurzweil and Steve Jobs have laid it out there in a way that this thing that is going to become either part of us or be the stuff of nightmares uh, is the thing that is basically the new drug. You know, there's oh, yeah. so much chemistry that comes out of hunk of hardware. Whoever would have thought looking at that would wrecked your dopamine right, right. You know, like, yeah who overthought that yeah like as bad as doing like a fucking line of coke just huge amounts of chemistry that come out uh, of kids staring at these things exactly. look at they got people post shit that you would have thought twice before you told your best friend you damn near see suicide notes on there yeah and like when did Facebook become a licensed psychologist yeah like their shit is like Man, you, you gonna tell your family about that? Uh, I don't know if they're ready for it. 
nowadays it's just because yeah. they, they want it. It's like Munchausen syndrome, you know. They they want that Munchausen syndrome. They want that feeling of like any attention. Yeah, racks that way. Good attention, bad attention. Attention is attention to your brain. Just some no kind matter. of matter. It's oh yeah, it feels good. Mm-hmm. You know that's why you got so many people like get offended at stupid shit. Like, yeah. Oh, you said a curse word. I'm offended. I don't give a shit mm-hmm. because they get that little dopamine drip of other people going, yeah, you should have done that. Yeah, start on my side. Like, yeah, no, no, no critical thinking is brought in. Nothing. Just all it is about that, that little drip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it comes from so many things. Yeah, it does. It does. And uh, going back to history, like, people, people forget that you find what you go looking for. And so if you, when you walk into Facebook, you know, when you open up Facebook and you're like, who can I argue with today? Everything you read is going to be, how can I argue with that? So yeah. And and when this becomes uh, in in a way, there's a fit, one of my favorite sayings in Vino Veritas, I'm sure you're familiar uh, in wine truth. Old ancient Latin. I've probably heard it in one of the TV shows. Yeah, yeah, I got it from uh, Val Kilmer in uh, in uh, Doc, when he was Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp, oh, okay. uh, Tombstone. Fucking best role Val Kilmer's life. Sorry, I can quote that movie forward backwards. But I like the Saint myself, but the Saint. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just because of the knife. Sh- just because of the little knife with the blowtorch in it. No, just like young like that, man. I grew up watching ninja movies and shit. Like hell yeah, being me too. That, that level of a thief. That's what I liked. I was like, I would love to be a cat burglar like that, just on point, have all the techie. <laughs> so there was, what was the, uh, I can't think of the name of it. Um, what were some of the other movies that, that you liked? That? Like that was the same, what you just said was the same mentality that drove me to study martial arts, eventually get into ninjutsu, and, and became a huge part of who I am, like Eastern philosophy and the whole nine yards. So... To, just to hear you say it, it like makes me want to get up and sing the Ninja Turtles theme song or some shit. But what uh, I grew up in eighties. What were some of the other that, ones that you that liked? Was Ninja? Oh yeah, movies was eighties. Enter was a Ninja, Revenge of the Ninja, American Ninja. That was it, American oh, Ninja. Man. When they uh, go into the Lion Island recently and watch them, they're horrible. Oh, horrific. God, they were great. Back so horrific. Like that's the thing. I go to my grandfather's. We go to the movie store. Yeah, you know, that was like. Pretty blockbuster. You go right. Like, they didn't have like cool covers, just that clear plastic cover with the name written on it. Yeah. You go there, find the movie. You do some ninja movie, and go back and watch it. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's so good. You know, back to the Chuck point Morris. where you're, you're blindfolding yourself, walking around the house barefoot all day, trying to get, you know sneak yeah. around. Oh yeah. And, the, eight years old, think you're a real ninja. Oh, that's where it started for me, man. That's definitely where it started for me. Watching GI Joe, and then, and then learning about Bruce Lee. And then I went to school with somebody that her father was a martial arts instructor, was a taekwondo instructor, and so it was all right there. Yeah, I've been, uh, so, been in martial arts since I was a kid. What's that? I've been in martial arts since I was a kid, you know? Yeah? So, yeah. Snake Eyes or Storm Shadow? Yeah. I didn't really care about G.I. Joe that much. No? I played with it and stuff, but I never got into all that stuff. Like, I was more concerned about what was going on outside. I got you. I watched a few cartoons, had a few toys, but yeah. I never got deep into it. Like, people get around and start talking comic books. I'm like, hey, time to check out. You were in and studied the real thing. 
Yeah. Yeah. Or just running around the woods with friends and Brain playing shit. it, or, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like I said, 80s. Different life. Way different life than even the 90s yeah. for a kid. I remember no pads, no helmets. Mm-hmm. We had some, but we, we never used them. I do a bit about this now, but my mom asked her last time she was here. I have this weird memory from when I was like four years old. We lived in Kansas. Mm-hmm. My dad was in the army, so we moved everywhere. Mm-hmm. I was like, was there a high incidence of kidnappings then? She's like, oh yeah, yeah, that that was real. A lot of people went missing back then, isn't that? As a matter of fact, one day you disappeared for a few hours. So we couldn't find you. Turned out you're like at a friend's house and their mom didn't see you go through and you're playing in a room. No one called the cops. What? You know what I'm saying? Back then it was like, eh, wait it out. If he's not home by dinner, then we'll make a call. Like, that's how it was pre, mm-hmm. I think pre early 2000s. Like, mm-hmm. now your kid runs around and there's no parent around. They look like they're small. The cops can't call. This kid's lost. I'm just a couple blocks away from my house, dude. What the hell? Yeah. I can remember disappearing for uh, entire days, man. You'd take off on the bike with a couple of friends. And oh, yeah. Gone. Yeah. And even, I guess it was a different world because even if a parent wanted to freak out about it, how much are you going to freak out about? You're not calling people's cell phones. Yeah. So you're going to call the pay phones? Or are you going to call and they say, has anybody yeah. seen them? They don't have all your friends' numbers, you know? Yeah. They just know little Tom. Like, they don't know Tom's mom. Well, and I, I don't think there was as much fear-mongering on a local level. Well, you didn't, once again, you didn't have that TV in your face. The news only shows you the bad. Yeah, and so people The bad are, is small. We're living the best time it's ever in history, ever. Mm-hmm. It gets better every day. Mm-hmm. But if all you watch is the news, and you don't do anything else to stimulate your mind outside of that, yeah, the world's on fire. Oh, Yeah. You know, and that's how you're going to live your life. The world's on fire, staying, you're going to get kidnapped, you're going to get raped, you're going to get murdered. Like, if you look at actual numbers, it's so negligible. It's not even worth me worrying about going out there and getting kidnapped. Right. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Not to the point that you ruin the personality that I was to become because of what you just did. Because you can't keep your shit together. That's what they do. That's, OJ did that shit. It's all OJ's fault. OJ brought about the 24-hour news cycle to turn into what it is. God damn, I just put that together. OJ is responsible for today's children. I uh, I can get behind that. <laughs> I can get behind that. The I'm sure that there was something before that, but I'm, the Bronco chase that changed history. Mm-hmm. That's when the news channels learn, like, hey, they'll watch this shit all day long. Well, and I don't know if that would and be considered a significant event of our generation, but it's one of the moments that I can remember in high school. Like, I remember that day because there was just so much energy. There, you know, I was at Davidson in Mobile, and it was a topic that everybody talked about, and it was on in the classrooms, and when the verdict came out, there was this huge reaction, so it was a major event. I don't remember many. I don't remember any other event being like that except maybe 9/11 and a tornado. I barely remember it happened besides seeing shit about it now. Yeah. Yeah. Where were you? What year was when that? When the like, verdict came out. What year was that? That would have been 96. 96. 95. So, so I got I got my driver's license yeah. in 95. 94, 95. I think 95. Mm-hmm. So at that point, it was. 
news, I didn't give a shit. <laughs> None of us did. It was, you know, what we doing this weekend? Yeah. Who's getting our alcohol? Yeah. You know, school, go home, fuck off, go to sleep. You woke up Friday like, oh, tonight is on. We didn't care about what was going on in the news. We didn't give two shits about OJ that. We didn't pay attention to riots or nothing. Like, we are just kids. Like, yeah. Our schools didn't go out of the... In South Louisiana. Yeah. That has anything to do with it, but they they weren't tuned in like that. And they didn't really care about what was going on, you know. To them, I guess it was like uh, some shit going on over in L.A. with those L.A. type people, you know, Hollywood and shit, whatever. Like that's one thing I think is what was going on where we're from. I don't I don't remember why, but the the riots in L.A. not so much, uh, but for some reason. That memory sticks out like that was it was just it was a big day. I remember there were a lot of people that reacted, and uh, and it stands out in my memory. Yeah, I guess fascinating. Cajun, it's Cajun country. We just didn't like. Yeah. Oh, I, that's memory is something that fascinates me, and that it's one of the things that we all have, and it makes up who we are, and it's a hundred percent the thing that we fuck up all the time. Yeah. And and yeah, here some, we are. Some are better than others. <coughs> Everyone thinks their shit's good. But by and large, yeah, chances are you got that memory wrong, right? To some degree, yeah. and probably a large one. That's what kills me. Like, I know my memory's good because I've taken X amount of tests in my life, I've done X amount of things, and I scored X number. Mm-hmm. So that mean says my memory is about ninety-seven percent good. Mm-hmm. But all it takes is that. One. One, five, whatever percent off to mess things up badly or to get a story completely wrong. Yeah. You know? Yeah, if if even five percent, you know, if you get the the one percent is the right one percent, mm-hmm. then fuck it, you're in Bodley Go, man. <laughs> in memory, it always boils down to uh, what benefits who the best to. Yeah. I don't know how many times, like, my ex wife would be like, God damn, how do you remember this shit? I'm fascinated with science and stuff, and I just learned about it. I'm like, you know, you know, it's like, how do you remember all this? And then, when it's something that she may or may not have told me, and I'm like, I don't remember you telling me that. She's like, well, I told you. I'm like, you talk all the time about how good my memory is, but right now it's not that good. I don't know uh, who we should be putting the onus on here. <laughs> of course, that's one battle you never win. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's when it's good to be a martial artist and know that the easiest fight to win is the one you're not involved in. And uh, and but that ties into memory too. You know, one of the things that I learned from martial arts was the in in ancient ninjutsu and I'm sure in other practices too. There were um, there were plenty of examples of memory training techniques. You know, like have a cigar box full of crap. And you have so many seconds to look at it and, and remember what was there. Mm-hmm. And then you, I think back to how, how important memory was to the Greeks and the Romans and the oral traditions of history, which are way bigger than just Greece and Rome. Um, and then for me, that, that ties right back into education and how people are running around reading studies that they don't understand what studies are first off. And trying to pass off sound bites as knowledge. Yeah. And and it's how e- crazy all that is. It's easy to stop those people on their tracks. Though. So easy. Usually. Because you, in my opinion, you 
you cannot argue something if you don't know both sides of the argument. I wish more because people then, played by then, that rule. And you're coming your argument from ignorance. Like you if you have an issue with climate change, we can have this conversation. If first you can tell me the difference between climate and weather. I know, right? If you're like, <laughs> I don't believe in evolution because why are there still monkeys? Well, you just told me you don't understand evolution, so we can't have a conversation yeah. unless you fill in some hours of fucking knowledge. Yeah. Like you're already starting from a deficit mm-hmm. and you're gonna try to have an argument. Like, I know both sides of the argument. If you can sit and argue something, and you can argue both sides and still make people go, hmm, I don't know which one to go with, you know the subject. Right, you have to. You have and to. You, you just can't argue something if you don't know what you're arguing. Yeah. And so many people do. They think they saw this little, they saw a little clip, and then they go, oh, this is what I think about it. Like, I always say, people are entitled to their own opinion until it runs into fact. I don't care how many times you look at this table and go, this is a Ford Escort. <laughs> now it's a table. Now, my opinion is a Ford Escort. Now, the fact is, it's a table, you don't get that opinion. Right. And that goes the same for science. There's nothing mm-hmm. worse than you just kind of Well, I'm not a scientist, but uh, you're not a scientist, but shut the fuck up now because you're now you're stepping outside of your wheelhouse. Yeah. And even if you are a scientist, if you're trying to step in someone else's wheelhouse in science, you don't belong there either. Yeah. Unless you're there to ask questions. Yeah, if you're there to ask questions, hash through it, cool. But well, if you're trying to say, no, you're completely wrong, but yet you don't have the first clue about what you're talking about, you don't. Yeah, such a waste of time. That's like if I went to Neil deGrasse Tyson and started arguing about astrophysics. Like, everyone's going to go, no, you're outside of your wheelhouse. You need to step the fuck back. Why don't they do that with other shit? Why don't someone steps in and talks something about climate change? Like, let me see your credentials. This isn't voting for president here or anyone can go and chime in like there's credentials required right here and right now yeah i wonder i wonder if we can start start plugging that in but i also wonder how we bridge the gap like you were saying earlier you know people carrying their phones around and having access to the you know an extension of the brain but how do we incorporate that into real-time functionality and and keep it in in a way that can keep people from being stupid you have to change first and foremost then education system we have. Our education system is set up to make factory workers. Yeah. I never had a single class growing up on critical thinking. Right? Never. Which or focus. Which important, really important. Mm-hmm. Notograph Tyson told a story, I'm real big to him, but he was talking about if you have, if you're interviewing two people for a job, one guy comes in and says, hey, how tall is this building? And it's an architect yeah. job. And the guy's like, well, I did my research, I studied up on this, I know the building is X amount of feet, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Spits it out, cool, got it. Next guy comes in, asks him the same question, he's like, I don't know, give me a few minutes, I'll tell you. Goes outside, looks at where the sun's at, looks at the building, the shadow, does some quick measurements, comes in, it's about this. He's like, that's the guy I'm going to hire. The guy who can go out and figure it out, not mm-hmm. the guy who memorized it and then told it to you. Mm-hmm. That's where we need, that's our education system needs to be, mm-hmm. not... Here's the questions that we're going to test. Go study this, and then we're going to test you and then give you a grade and call you smart, gifted, stupid, or whatever based off of this when you never really taught them how to use a brain. Mm-hmm. We don't need to memorize shit like we used to. That's what that's for. Mm-hmm. We need to learn how to use this so we know how to use this. Mm-hmm. If you can't use this properly, you can't use that properly. And you end up yeah. where we're at with this yeah. huge split. Where the split's not as big as you think, 
it's just so loud. Mm-hmm. I think a large amount of people sit right somewhere around in the middle, give or take. Mm-hmm. But the fringes are so loud, it makes you think it's bigger than it is. Yeah, I, th- I think that's. I think it's very true. I think you're right. Uh, the bell curve and, and it is the best time in the world to, to be alive like you said earlier uh, it's not all horrible I think that memory uh, can help with critical thinking though oh definitely um, yeah. one you, of the th- you have to memorize some rules yeah one of the things that I like about about memory training is that uh, you know we talked about being an expert earlier and uh, you mentioned you wouldn't, you wouldn't presume to go tell or question uh, an astrophysicist without having at least the bulk of their experience shared, yeah. you know, bulk of experience with people like that. Um, and that comes down to one of the things that's lacking. I think so many people don't don't know enough about everything. And, and how everything is so connected and so interdependent that if you really want to know how anything works, you got to know how it all is connected yeah. to some extent. Yeah. And, and I, I hope that's one of the reasons that my worldview came to be so hard and fast. And it's how I got to the whole truth, love, peace thing is I, when I was building my worldview, I was confronted at the right time with the right question. Mm-hmm. One of my professors looked at me and said, what do you believe? Like, and I'm not talking about what do you believe. I'm talking like at the ripe old age of 26, think I got my shit together and know what's going on. And we're having a real philosophical conversation where somebody's like, okay, well, rectify your belief in a soul and karmic and reincarnation and what you do or don't know about physics. And if you can't explain it from it could happen from a physics standpoint, then you don't get to believe that. Like hardcore, what do you really believe? Yeah. And oh, man. Not enough people do that, but I think if more people did, like you were saying, we'd get to a, a better place where where we could where we could really take advantage of this. And that's where yeah. that's where that ties back in. Do you think there's some way that we could get to a point where um, where these things become more valuable than harmful? Yeah, definitely. I hope so. It's just we're in the. I look at it. I look at progress. You know, progress in society is this: the pendulum that swings. Right, right. And it's always going to do way out this way, yeah. and then come back and level off. And yeah, I think yeah. right now, with a lot of stuff like with technology being adapted the way it is, like you know, the social side of stuff. Like you know, you're seeing a lot of stuff in the far left right now going heads up with it how society and everything is and mm-hmm. a lot of us you know you're like god damn this knee jerk is a little bit much but it's that pendulum's right here and we gotta wait mm-hmm. but that's time no one wants to wait they want results now because our life is finite yeah so yeah. you want to see results but our generation might not see the results of what's gonna come of this mm-hmm. it could level off level off over so long or it could still be over here when we die and that's slowly coming back, you know? Well, does it ever level out? Is, is, is another I, question. I, does it? Does the pendulum ever stop, or does it just... Are we in extreme right now, and maybe we'll not be there for I don't a see it stop. Progress has been going forward since the beginning of the time. Yeah. I don't know where what a stop looks like, because it's... 
it's, there's always going to be something that we're we're pushing, right? You know, like you know, race mm-hmm. is one of the big ones. It's always pushing. What happens if we do get to a point where we become so mixed all throughout the world? You know, it might take hundreds of thousands of years, but everything is so mixed where we all either look the same or we're all so different and don't matter anyway, so we might as well be the same. Mm-hmm. What's going to be the next thing? We're going to, we're humans, we're going to find a way to put our foot on someone or something. <laughs> we did, we always have. Say, a lot of people like say, oh, we're going to end up fucking ourselves into one ubiquitous race. Well, if we do that, one thing I do know is mixed race couples have beautiful kids. So I see a future where bigotry is making fun of ugly people. <laughs> we'll find, we always find a way. Uh, like I said, I'm a cynic. I think it goes to aliens after that. I think it has to go to aliens after that. If it doesn't, it can go to space, but it don't have to go to aliens. Well, but if it's aliens not going to be other races, happen. it's going to be another species. How about that? It never has to come about. Like, yeah, I don't do. think it will. I think with the vast universe and given everything we know, like yes, life has to exist out there, but it doesn't mean we ever have to find it or it ever has to find us. We oh, can for continue sure. to jump to the cosmos yeah. and never find. Yeah. Because we could be missing a civilization. No, I was talking little... about as uh, coming and uniting all of the races. Like before oh, everyone oh, okay. is like... related, which everybody's already related. We just don't look that much alike sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if we had, like Reagan said in his big address, you know, to the UN, you know, if often... aliens came down, we'd group together to fight aliens. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like yeah. you and this dude want to fight at school. But then if y'all are together against your rival school, you're going to want to fight them. If y'all are together on spring break, you know, your cities close to these people from these other cities you want to fight in, it just yeah. expands out. Well, and, and extrapolate that out to Warner Von Braun talking about how the aliens and the false flag, uh, that aliens, an alien invasion would be... Uh, an alien invasion would be the, the big next big false flag, like to get us into the war of the worlds. That wouldn't actually be aliens, but Von Braun said that that's where they would would go after terrorism. Um, after the war of the sense. worlds, that's gonna be a hard one to pull off. It'd be a very hard well, false flag to pull off. But they got Tom DeLong. People I don't believe went to the damn moon. But they got Tom DeLong on their side now. <laughs> Tom DeLong's a bass player or something from Blink One Eighty Two. Oh, that guy! Yeah, <laughs> I heard the Joe Rogan with him. Yeah, yeah. dude, yeah, his so, love is rocker. Yeah, man, that guy. If he's, I love those people. I love listening to him. Like, well, and he's got to like, be the. It's got to be fun to be in your formation. Yeah, he's got to be nutters, man. But I think. That's where the dis- disinformation is at, because the you know did you see the video the government tossed out recently? And they said since 2006, somebody had this special investigation team where the CIA or the FBI was, was looking into UFOs, Mm-mm. and they released this video recently. Uh, it was oh, is that the one that he showed on Joe Rogan? And they're like, no, yeah, that looks like some kid made that. No, it it looked like the disclosure that came out was the thing that De, that DeLong had been set up to promote. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he went out and did his chirpy chirpy thing. The Huffington Post and all these other folks had for months been putting together this release and then all simultaneously released the same report and the same article 
that just so happened to look exactly like what what DeLong like it's it looks now, so you, much like disinformation. You, now. you think he's part of this group? Or he's I think a they're patsy. using him. I think he's a patsy. I think the government has playing him for a patsy just because anybody that goes on on Rogan's podcast and and starts spouting off about you don't know what I know bullshit mm-hmm. like nah like but we, we all know Rogan's not a genius yeah. but he's not the kind of guy you walk into and go you're not connected man <laughs> like uh. I find it so hard like even conspiracies that actually have happened. I find it so hard, especially if it's something large, because, you know, mm-hmm. the whole large, you know, was it large claims require large evidence type deal, yeah. you know? The government is people. I work for the government. I am the government. Mm-hmm. I'm not much different than you. All right. You know? I know other people that are higher up. Mm-hmm. Normal people. Normal people, they're not hatching any plans, so I'm like, who would these people in the government be that decided to get together and go, I can trust you, you and you, and you. Let's hatch this plan. It just, it doesn't seem that feasible. How about this? Because I got great friends that I wouldn't even be like, hey, let's go hatch this plan because I trust you in my life, let alone some people I only met a few years ago mm-hmm. just because you're a general and you're next to this or whatever. Like, I don't know. I just don't find that very feasible. How about this? Uh, how about the... The mercenary operations, like Blackwater and all mm-hmm. that stuff now, I think that uh, Ike's warning and what we've seen with the growth of the black projects and money disappearing and all these uh, military-industrial complex thriving the way that it has for so long, mm-hmm. for what, 50 years and 60 years now? Uh, but the, things like that have led to Halliburton uh, and its representatives being in positions of influence. And uh, when you are dealing in power and, and brokering on that level of the world stage, mm-hmm. I think it comes ready-made to have a group of people whose prices have already been listed and paid in mercenaries and have them go and do whatever you want them to do. And they've got access to pretty much anything they would need or, or would want to pull off because they're basically a shadow military. They've got the funding. They, you know, There are aspects of every branch of our military that operate within the shadow realms of the government. Mm-hmm. And so it's not even a stretch to say, oh, we could call up former SEAL Team 6 and see who's on the pay list and the no pay list through Blackwater or some yeah. of these other groups and say, how, how horrible a thing do we need to do and who's real happy with keeping their mouths shut because that's what they've been doing for a really long time. So I, and that's just my version of how you would pull it off. Not yeah. to say that any of those people are doing any of that stuff, yeah. but to say that I think it's the world has gotten ugly enough from the, the standpoint of yeah. the few people on the extreme that want to make it look real ugly that that some good people have made some bad decisions. I don't think that's, so. that's, that's, I don't think a lot of those people in that mix. I could be dead wrong. You and me completely right. But I don't think they go into it like, I see the world here, and I'm going to do everything I can to make the world here. I think they see their world a certain way, and they're doing everything to make their world that way. And by that, I mean they want as much money in their pockets as they can, so they set up these systems and entities to keep things going, to keep that fucking flow coming in of money. Yeah. And that's what creates the shit we end up with. I don't think they're like... I want to change this about the world. They're just like, I want as much money as possible. 
So we get this president and he pulls this guy in and this guy gives a bid to this company that he's getting drawback from. He's not putting that company in because he wants that company in that place to at some point change the outcome of this area of the world to reflect for this area of the world or any kind of ideology. He just wants his people there so he gets a kickback from what they're getting out of it. Right, right. I think it's all just a chase for just fucking money greed. and power. Yeah. That old saying, you know, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's it's basic. I don't think you need a whole lot of action to go on that. You get enough people that have money and power and they want more of it, they're going to put themselves in positions and that's what happens. That's why yeah. you got the race for the presidency. It's so fucking stupid. Right. Popular. To be a judge. Do you get to run? Can you run to be a judge if no. you've never been a lawyer in your life? No. If you have no law? No, but they can appoint it's you. It's still a democracy. You still mm -hmm. run to be a judge, but you have to have credentials. Mm -hmm. Why don't you need credentials to be a president? Like, anyone who be a president, you have to acquire these credentials in your life to run for it. But if you don't have them, you just can't do it. Yeah. I, it's, and there's so much understand. that's taken for granted. There there should be. Did you hear their... their uh, and this may have been total bullshit, but I saw it on a pretty reputable source. That um, there, someone is trying to pass the Stable Genius Act. Quote, Stable Genius Act. Because... Uh, because of the questions of mental health in the presidency, mm -hmm. now they're they're in, implementing a piece of legislation that says uh, all presidential candidates have to go through this this mental rigorous test, and it has to be made public. What stable genius mean? If you think Trump's a genius, you're not smart. Right. You're not paying attention. Right? Who calls some people think a stable genius? Some people think he's smart. he's not. When when you're born no, into right. that much money, and then you're given that much money. And you have failed so many times like he has. He has failed. He has went, all those things that went bankrupt. He bankrupted a casino. <laughs> Who pays for bankruptcies? The U.S. pays for bankruptcies. He's yeah. probably got more money written off by the taxpayers than mm -hmm. all the poor people of one city, what they draw from Social Security. Like... He's, he's a it's, huckster. It's like you said, the, the good intentions of the people that are trying to do good in the world are never the problem. It's the people that come in afterwards that want to make a buck off it. Yeah. That turn shit sour just so yeah. quick. We have so this, quick. We have a huge problem in this country of people conflating intelligence and money. Just because yeah. someone is filthy rich doesn't mean they're intelligent. It just means they happen to be in the right place at the right time and have the right shit in yeah. mind. Some of our smartest people that's ever lived were not rich. Right. Because for a, a really intelligent mind, like a scientist mind, like that's enriching their life. That mm -hmm. knowledge and the science, not the money. The money complicates yeah. the life. Well, and the, the inequity. You know, when we talk about justice, and uh, I heard somebody ask, what would you do to make the world better if you could pass one? You know, how are we doing time-wise? It's nine. Nine? So we're going to have to head downstairs momentarily. But this will be a good food for thought for to leave it on. Um, if you could pass one leg one piece of legislation, like if you could address one concern uh, from a political standpoint, you know, in Congress or in Parliament, depending on which side of the pond you're on, um, what would be the one thing you tackled? And my answer uh, was uh, in some way to try and tackle the the 
the decency standard. Like everyone should be afforded a common decency. If it's if that's a shower every day or a meal or, or whatever that, that level we all agree on, that everybody deserves a level of decency. You don't deserve to have things handed to you, but you deserve to not be, you know, and, and somehow I hope that that would, would resolve a lot of the problems of people not having access to opportunity. No one deserves opportunity, but everyone deserves the access to opportunity. Yeah. Or no one deserves success, but everyone deserves opportunity. Maybe that's how I would put that. Yeah. So that would be my one thing, would be try and provide opportunity to as many people as possible so you don't end up with this dumb rich kids that don't deserve the success that their parents you know, yeah. were afforded. That was my answer to that question. So if you could pass one piece of, or address one major concern, what would be your first one? Education, 100% through and through. Love that answer. Because education will bring decency. Education oh, yeah. will bring... You know how many people don't know the difference between me and any per person of any ethnicity that has a different color than me? It's melanin. Yeah. It's how much sun hit our ancestors and for right. how long. That is the difference. Fuck yeah, man. Like, simple stuff like that. Just education changes everything. You educate people properly, they will turn your country around. If you don't education pro educate them properly like we're doing now in this country... You get what we're getting. We're turning into the movie Idiocracy. <laughs> ah, that's such a good reference. But it's true. Education, like, I, they got this huge push I always see on Facebook, and partially I do agree with it. It's like, your kids don't have to go to college. You can teach them welding is a good profession, this and that. Yes, Trade cool. School. But if everyone has a college education, that hurts no one. That makes everything better. If you're a welder with a college education... How does that help hurt anything? Yeah, we can do both. If it's and if they got that education for free, like how does that hurt anything? That helps everything, because that welder likes to weld, uses hands, but now he has information up here to make proper choices when he uses that, or she uses that, or mm -hmm. she goes to the voting booth. Yeah, you know how many people vote just because of a simple letter next to someone's name? They don't know shit about what they're voting for. Yeah. That's why I don't get into politics that much. So most of my life, I didn't vote. I voted for Obama the second time. It's the only time I voted. Because I know for sure I don't want magic underwear in there. <laughs> I don't want what he's done. That's who I'm going to vote for. Anything else, not even concerned with. Because right. I'm going to... Why am I going to go vote for something when I don't know shit about it? Yeah. Oh, there's a D next to it. He's one of my guys, like... No, just because you're a Democrat or Republican, don't make you one of mine. Yeah. One of mine is someone who uses their brain that doesn't call themselves that. Yeah, party That says, I'm going to look at this, I'm going to break it down, and then I'm going to come up with a conclusion. And just because you come up with the same conclusion, but if before I come up with mine, that's going to be the same, you attach it to that other little letter, now that's gone. They won't even consider that conclusion because the Democrat or the Republican thought about it. I'm like, that's just, that's a bad way to live life. That's a bad way to run a country. This two-party system and all that is just a horrible way. Yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. That's an awesome fucking answer, though, man. Education. Well, before we, uh, before we disappear, um, we are hanging out of the Days Inn. It's Tuesday night, and uh, we are going downstairs to do the open mic with Back Porch Comedy. Uh, check them out at... Back porch comedy, back porch comedy, open mic, and 
obviously you all know where to find this. Where can we find Mark LaBarge? Downstairs in a couple minutes at Night Court Comedy. <laughs> do, you, uh, uh, do you have anywhere you I want got, people to check out? I got a Facebook. I got a Twitter. You Google Mark LaBarge. Something with comedy, you'll probably find me. Sweet. There's sweet, not sweet. many LaBarges out there, but there are a few. What's your Twitter handle? C-A-J-N-A-T-C. C-N-J-A-A-T-C. Cajun, with a U removed. A-T-C. Cajun Air Traffic Controller. Cajun Air Traffic I need, Controller. I need to change it. I need to change it. That's that awesome. before I became a comedian, so I need, awesome. I need to update it. But. <laughs> All right, so we'll start signing stuff off here. Uh, thanks for joining us. Facebook Live. Um, thank you, Compton, for having me. Thank you so much for being here, man. It's been a pleasure. Hopefully, we will do this again. Oh, yeah, definitely. And uh, so, peace. Truth, love, and peace. Facebook, Alvita Zane. Uh, we got an hour and nine minutes so far on the YouTube or on, that we'll upload to YouTube. So, that's freaking amazing. Wonderful when technology works. Thank you all. And that leaves, last but not least, the podcast itself so ladles and jelly spoons thanks for joining us it's been a pleasure hanging out with mark and uh hope all is well until next time truth love and peace